0: I hope everybody had a nice Christmas despite the unconventional nature in which many of us probably had to celebrate this year. Christmas seems to be a time when people think a lot about tradition and this is a year that many of us may have had to forego our holiday traditions with friends or family in order to stay safe. So I'd love to see in the chat some of your favorite pre-COVID holiday traditions and also if there are any new traditions that you'll be starting as a result of how the holidays went this year. Christmas was a lot quieter around my house this year than in years past, but that wasn't necessarily all bad. But even with the benefits that come from scaling back, it can still be disappointing to have to give up special moments with the people we love. So we're glad to have you here with us this morning. And as we have done for the last few years now, I'd like to invite you to join our Blue Ocean tradition of celebrating St. Nicholas Sunday. St. Nicholas Day is typically celebrated with a feast at the beginning or middle of December, but we take the Sunday after Christmas every year to honor Nicholas of Myra, the bringer of gifts, and talk about how his life still impacts ours today. Many of us grew up in families where tradition is very important. When I was growing up, we had a few different traditions around the holidays. My parents are from North Carolina and most of my extended family still lives there, so there were many years after we moved to Michigan when we would pile into our light blue conversion van and we'd all drive down to spend Christmas with my grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. I loved that time, seeing my family who I didn't get to see very often, but I also have such fond memories of those car trips, which became a tradition of their own, where my older brother and I would recite every line and sing every song from the movie Annie and play 20 questions with each other while my younger brother was in a playpen in the back of the van because we didn't require car seats back then. Um, And he'd be bouncing around while my older brother and I were you know, playing 20 questions and then my parents would make us play the quiet game or my dad would suggest that we all pretend to be rocks and stay very, very still and silent for the next 30 miles. Also, my dad was a swimming coach, and so there were some Christmases when he would take his swim team on training trips to warm places, and our family would get to tag along. So we spent many Christmases making memories in places far from home with no Christmas trees or presents in sight, and yet those live on as some of my greatest Christmas memories with my family. A couple of times, I had brand new siblings on Christmas. My brother's birthday is December 20th, and my sister is a Christmas Eve baby, and those are stories all of their own. (laughs) Um, So it felt a little tradition-y at some point, but I'm glad my parents didn't make an actual tradition out of having babies on Christmas, just as much for their sake as for mine. And then some of our Christmases were simply spent at home. We would open our final chocolate advent calendar door on Christmas Eve. We'd string freshly popped popcorn onto thread to drape over the Christmas tree. And then we'd wake each other up on Christmas morning, all four of us kids tearing down the stairs like maniacs at 4 a.m. No matter where we were or what we did though, I do remember one consistent tradition. Every Christmas Eve, my mom would read us the story of St. Nicholas. So just like Jesus being born and Santa coming down the chimney, the tale of Saint Nicholas became a part of Christmas tradition for me. And in fact, some of the Christmas traditions in which many of us participate come from some of the most well-known stories of Saint Nicholas. There are many versions to the stories of Saint Nick. And so I'd like to tell the version that I grew up hearing and the one I continue to pass on to my children. Nicholas loved God and he loved people. And he expressed that love by helping those around him in his community with the resources that he had available to him. Because he loved people so boldly and selflessly, he was also greatly loved in return by those whose lives he impacted. Nicholas was born an only child to very wealthy parents in Patara Lycia, which is located on the Southern coast of what is now present day Turkey around the year 280 CE. Nicholas's parents are said to have been generous with their money and their time. And they raised Nicholas to follow Jesus and to also have a giver's heart. When Nicholas was a young teenager, his parents were helping victims of an epidemic. They themselves ended up contracting this illness and died when Nicholas was about 16 years old. Nicholas decided to take the money that his parents had left him and use it to help the poor. And in fact, Nicholas used his entire inheritance from wealthy parents to do just that. He soon gained the reputation as being someone who helped those who were less fortunate, those who were suffering, and those who were in need. One of those families that Nicholas helped was a man and his three daughters who lived in Myra, where Nicholas also lived. As the story goes, this family was incredibly poor, so much so that the father could no longer afford to take care of his three daughters. When Nicholas heard of this man's plight and learned that the daughters would would be put into a dangerous situation if no one helped, he decided to do something about it. Nicholas filled a small bag with money, and one night when everything was dark and quiet, he tiptoed to the man's house and slipped the bag of money in through the window so he wouldn't be found out. Legend says that when he tossed the bag of money in through the window, it landed in one of the girls' stockings, which was hanging by the fire to dry. The next morning, the father found the money and was overjoyed, but he was also perplexed about where it had come from. The father also knew it wasn't going to be enough money to take care of all three of his daughters, but Nicholas knew. The family went to bed again that night and Nicholas returned a second time, tossing a second bag of money in through the open window, and into a stocking hanging by the fire. Again, the next morning, the man was elated, but also confused. And this time he decided he would stay awake to see if he could find out where the money had come from. So late that night when everything was dark and quiet, the father locked the window, hid, and kept watch. Nicholas returned with a third sack of money. And this time, upon finding the window locked, Nicholas climbed onto the roof and dropped the bag down the chimney. Because the father was hiding, Nicholas didn't know that he had been seen, but he had been seen. Um, let's see, despite Nicholas trying to keep his good deed a secret, the overjoyed father told everyone he knew about Nicholas's generosity and word spread quickly about this kind Nicholas of Myra who gave his gifts in secret. So for over a thousand years, hundreds of other stories have been told about the many ways that Nicholas helped people. Some of these stories are probably true and some have probably become more like legend or folklore over the years after many tellings and retellings. And there are many versions of each story as well including the one I just told. But all of these stories, whether fact or folklore help shape this figure who influences many of our traditions at Christmas time and who inspires us to give our time and our treasures to those who are less fortunate than we are. I find it interesting that Nicholas's ability to give to the degree that he gave was born out of tragedy through the loss of his parents, but he didn't let that hard thing that happened to him change who he was or what he knew was the right thing to do. Reflecting on a young person being so steadfast in devotion to God and to people in the midst of his own personal trauma is moving and inspiring. And I think COVID times make this even more relatable, just his whole story. Nicholas continued to follow Jesus, giving what he had so that other people would not only have what they needed, but so that they would also feel loved and cared for in a really hard time in their own lives. And the secrecy of his deeds make me think he was following some guidance from Matthew chapter six, verses one through four, which says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then God who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I also appreciate that Nicholas was a young person, a teenager when he started helping people. He didn't wait to grow up before making a difference in the world. He looked for opportunities to help, and then he helped. Nicholas didn't let his age deter him or keep him from doing what he knew in his heart was what God wanted him to do. We don't all have an inheritance like his to give away, but we do have our time and our talents, and most importantly, we have opportunities every day to quietly help those around us who are suffering, expecting nothing in return. Maybe some details in the story of St. Nicholas that I shared today remind you of some of the Christmas traditions that some people and families have even today. Stockings by the fire, gifts being delivered during the night. The Christmas tradition of giving may have originated with him, but it doesn't have to stop there and it doesn't have to be limited to just Christmas time. The Christmas season has the reputation of being the season of giving, but what would it be like if we engaged in random acts of kindness and generosity as a practice throughout the year? Has anyone, anyone of you ever been the beneficiary of a random act of kindness? Have you had someone in front of you at the drive through pay for your meal or your coffee or put more money in your expired parking meter? If you've ever been on the receiving end of a random act of kindness and want to share, go ahead and put it in the chat. We'd like to see those. So, for my own experience, one of my favorite uh, random acts of kindness that I was the recipient of was when um, my older two kids were little. So, they're 21 months apart. And when my second child was two weeks old, I decided I was going to do this. I was going to take them out in public for the first time. So, there was an indoor playground by us, and I packed them up. My toddler, he just needed to run off some energy. So it was winter time, we're all bundled up, lots of boots, coats, snowsuits, car seats, you get it. Things were going really well. We got there, my son was having a great time. And then after a couple of hours of this, the baby started to get pretty fussy and I decided it was time to get her home. I called my son over and just like any toddler having an absolute blast would do, he ran away to hide under the slide. Meanwhile, the baby's fussing was escalating into full-blown screaming, and once I caught up to the toddler, he started wailing and threw himself on the ground, refusing to leave. I was new to two kids. I had been a nanny, but I'd never had my own children. I was two weeks postpartum, standing there with a screaming baby in my arms and a screaming toddler on the ground, and I started sweating, you know, (laughs) that sweat, like, what am I going to do? I knew what to do with a tantruming toddler, and I knew what to do with a screaming baby. I just didn't know what to do with both of them at once, away from home, nowhere to set the the baby safely down so I could chase the toddler back across the room and wrestle him into his outerwear to go home. So as I'm standing there beginning to regret all of my life decisions and careening towards full-blown panic mode, two women from across the room came over to us. One of them touched my arm and asked if she could help and I immediately burst into tears. (laughs) I nodded. She bent down to ask my son if she could help him put his boots and coat on. He stopped crying, I think out of shock that a stranger had approached him and he let her help him get dressed. The other woman got my car seat in the baby snowsuit, helped me get her bundled back up and into her seat. Then once we were all dressed, the first woman walked us out to my car, helping me carry the diaper bag and the car seat and my purse. She helped me get everyone strapped in. I'm still weeping at this point. I thanked her profusely and she hugged me. Remember when we could hug strangers? That was great. (laughs) But she said she remembered those days and she was glad to help. It was like nothing to her. She probably doesn't even remember that moment, but I think about it regularly. What a kindness to extend to a struggling new parent. These women were able to engage their empathy because they had been there themselves and they remembered how hard it was to be in that position. COVID presents some limitations on what we can do for other people right now, at least in person. But there are so many people who could also use a little brightness in their day. And this is a good opportunity to be extra kind. So as some of you are sharing in the chat, acts of kindness that you have received, also feel free to use the chat to write some ideas of pandemic friendly acts of kindness that we can offer to our friends, neighbors, and strangers during this time. For example, I have a friend who leaves random treats from Trader Joe's on my porch every couple of weeks. She always texts me before she goes to the store to ask if I need anything. And I always say no, and then a few hours later I'll have muffin mix or a bottle of wine waiting for me when I go to check the mail, it's so sweet. While you're all leaving your own examples of acts of kindness in the chat, I'd just like to close us with a simple, quiet reflection time. You can use this time however you'd like. Feel free to keep commenting in the chat and we're going to spend about a minute in silence. So maybe you'd like to use this time to reflect upon a moment that someone did something kind for you or you can see if any ideas of random acts of kindness pop into your head for carrying out later or you can practice gratitude for any positive things that may have come out of this different way of celebrating the holidays this year. Or feel free to just read other people's ideas in the chat while we all take about 60 seconds of silence. So we'll start that now. Okay. Thanks everybody. Emily's now going to lead us in our candle lighting.